0: Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am your host with my permanent guest co-creator, Cammie. Hey, Cammie, welcome back to your show. We missed you last week. Hey, two, Brian, two.
1: thank you for doing that. You were so good. Like, if if anyone hasn't listened to it, um, it was an amazing episode. It was fun.
0: It was really fun to do. Yeah, a little quickie, dewy one other. Yeah. And also, I finally have semi-perfected how to make... Like shorts on my on the desktop. I wanted I was gonna like tell you about that, but yeah, I made a short from our Bermuda episode, which was which still is popping on YouTube. The Bermuda Triangle one. It was so much fun. But yeah, I did a short of that little fun story about the priest and the Miami yacht owner getting lost on the witchcraft, <laughs> which sounds like a, a bar joke. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna hopefully pop out some more shorts of our content um, here. But the normal way the show goes is Cammy and I here pick a topic, uh, a myth history, legend, we give you a story of it. So Cammie is going to lead, uh, or he's going to give us a story in a minute, and then I'm going to lead a little discussion about it. We're going uh, biblical today, which is fun. A little Indiana Jones too, because uh, we're talking about the Holy Grail, which uh, was, was really fun to look at, because I think it's one of those things everyone knows about, but you don't really think about, right?
1: Right, yeah, I don't even know that I really had the concept of what it was. I knew it was like something to do with the last supper and Jesus take right. out of this glass or ate off of this plate or whatever yep. the grail happens to be. And yeah. something about his blood getting in it. I don't know. And then Harrison <laughs> so, Ford. Right. And then out. Harrison yeah. Ford finds it while all the Nazis are looking for the gleaming gold stuff. Right. And they're he way too picks dumb. The they don't know cup. it's
0: made out of wood. Spoilers. <laughs> so, Cammie, you've got a great story. Let's hear it.
1: Okay, awesome. And my sources today were um, Monsylvant.no, Percival's Visit to the Grail Castle, FantasyFaction.com, Percival, The Story of the Grail Quest, by Chrétien de Troyes, and several Wikipedia articles involving – was that a terrible pronunciation? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. That's good. Um, Involving the Holy Grail and the Fisher King. Percival, looking for a quest to prove his worth, wandered on horseback through Britannia. A deer caught his eye, so he took aim with his bow and struck the beast. It bolted into the brush, and he followed on horseback, ever closer until it collapsed. He dismounted and stepped towards it, seeing a desolate castle and barren lands just beyond where he stood. He thought of the old tales of a noon as he left his horse and began walking towards a stream where an old fisherman sat his line pale, both empty. The man called to him. Son, I saw you down that deer. Come, I'll have my men bring it to the castle. Tonight, a feast. Percival followed him towards the castle, asking few questions, for he was always scolded for speaking too much. The man introduced himself as the king of these lands, and he told him of how he was wounded by a spear, and how since his wound, the grounds of his castle were barren, the streams free of fish, The couples bared no children, so Percival was silent, silent, not knowing the right words. The king showed the hunter, as he called him, his grounds fallen into decay, his once proud land and people hollow and lost, and after many hours of wandering the place, it was time to eat. The two sat at the table while the venison was served on plates with aromatic riding. The young man intrigued, but he thought it rude to inquire, the king smiling and chatting while they ate. After dinner, Percival was eager to retire to his chambers, and the king showed him the way. As they walked, a few of the king's subjects were lining up, holding strange objects in their hands and carrying them from room to room. A spear carried by a single man, young and grim. A candelabra carried by two boys, handsome and pious. And the last object, a shining grail, carried by a little girl with the purest heart. So the king described them. And a single question burning in the guest. Who did this grail serve? He dared not speak, for he was always told he spoke too much. The image of the grail never left him through his sleep, though. And when he woke the next day, he found the castle empty, his host gone with all the artifacts and subjects that filled the halls the day before. He gathered his things and found his horse and left the castle walls, which closed by themselves and seemed to lock behind him. As he was leaving the barren land, he saw a girl who much resembled the one carrying the grail be- the night before. She spoke to him. You could have saved the king, you know. With one question, you could have returned his vitality and changed the lands you see before you. But you were not worthy to heal the king, for you had only to ask one simple question. Percival hung his head and spoke softly. Who does the grail serve? Very well done.
0: Thanks. Cool, yeah, and, and your that story, um, Percival, is like the oldest reference uh which is kinda of, I was kind of an unfortunate to learn that. Um but it's like the oldest reference to The Grail, which this was published um around this was in the, the late twelfth century um by Troy Okay. Troyer. Uh yeah. Um so that that's I'll rip that bandit off. I was really hoping some Roman someone or other, some Byzantine dude would be like, here we go. Uh, I'm a big Byzantine fan. That's the Eastern Roman Empire that that continued on for many centuries after the fall of the Western half. And there are absolutely stories about having the the cross, many artifacts, (laughs) toenails of saints, Paul's left toe, like all that was, you know, those artifacts were huge um, back then, but this really stems the the story of the Grail really comes from the medieval period, and it specifically comes from the like Arthurian legend kind of wave that was coming over, which we've talked a little bit about, and you you had a great reference to a noon, the the gates to the other world slash the afterlife. It's a little hard to like discern. But yeah, so, uh, I'm sure you know the the many of you know the English Channel is a very small channel and when you cross it from the tip of England you get into Brittany France Brittany means little Britain so uh, for for centuries for thousands of years probably I'm gonna stick by that uh, you know people have been crossing the channel onto the the, isle- the British islands and these were a Celtic people uh, that went back and forth so and this you know uh, so Scottish Celtic Gaelic Cornish all this is in that same kind of you know, family language, and uh, uh, after the Anglo-Saxon invasion, post-Roman stuff, all these people went down, and uh, a lot, like, you know, they were either shoved into Wales and Cornwall and stuff, but many of them went to, to like, France and and Brittany and stuff, and just for some kind of, you know, reason, um, kind of having to do with... uh, uh, William the Conqueror taking over 1066. There was there was a, an additional flight of people going, and it, it was weird. There you know uh, he was Norman, so it was kind of like a reconquest. But there was there was a lot of stuff going on in the court, so all these stories started popping up. We talked about King Arthur before. I'll kind of mention a little bit about that, but that's really where this story kind of popped up. Um, some facts about the cup. I uh, it. it it's known to uh, it's either said that it was made from pieces of the cross um or it could have made from stone from Jacob's well um there isn't a, a ton we know of it though uh, the word grail comes from the old french word graal, which means chalice which which might be a word like from like old gaelic or uh, french like yeah. language like charlemagne's like, is that french. the g
1: r a a l yeah. word or something else okay yeah
0: yeah 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 um so it's in it's it's usually like either super illustrious gold um or very humble stone or dish or something like that um it's uh it's said to you know uh, just like many other artifacts uh it's said to heal um grant eternal life provide enlightenment you know people would go on pilgrimages li- i mean literally to see like breast like uh, mother mary's breast milk like in a vial like, they would claim it or or you know the nails rusty nails from the cross like that these have these have these artifacts and they would people would go and see and touch them and stuff like that and especially of saints um you know they'd have like they keep the pieces of the saints after they died and they'd like spread them around and be like "Oh, go see you know his spleen in this uh abbey and
1: yeah i've seen a couple of churches in mm-hmm. europe that um they're like just very venerated like the heart of so-and-so, which is more romantic than what I actually probably saw yeah. it would be like yeah. something completely gross, was, yeah, like, <laughs> like the spleen or whatever. So, yeah, um, in 11,
0: <laughs> 1190, I, I had to hear, so yeah, um, de put this poem out. Um, it's the earliest known reference. Um, after that, uh, 10 years later, we had a story by Robert de Boron called Joseph de arimathi Um it, uh, it identifies specifically here in this story that it was the cup used by Jesus in the Last Supper. Then there was the Quest of the Holy Grail 25 years later by Wolfram von Eschenbach. Um, that's uh, another one that's very like famously quoted and lots of art is based off of these three um, here. There's an, also an anonymous poem called the Quest del Saint Graal. Um, it's a, a poem, a, a anonymous poem uh, transforms the quest for the grail into a search for a mystical union with god i actually haven't read that so maybe it's more of like a metaphor here more like meaningfully a metaphor i'm sure it is in general but uh and then one of the last big stories was in 1470 by sir thomas mallory which was prose work um which used this the the quest del graal into for english-speaking readers so uh, these are the main primary sources of it um there are other works uh, and paintings and things like that that were done, but that's really where we kind of get everything from. And and like and this, I, I, like a quick little thing on Arthurian legend. This is the earliest 20th century is when we first hear of the Arthurian legend of these are Welsh poems and prose tales that sort of reimagined in the French court. Again, if you're in Brittany, like you you'd be speaking welsh and cornish those earlier um languages the the celtic languages just as much as you'd be speaking french and uh Geoffrey of monmouth who we've uh mentioned historia Regum britannia the history of um, royal britain popularizes arthurian legend in europe so there was this huge kind of comeuppance and stuff like that and and you know uh, uh you know the the when, when, um, William the Conqueror conquered, he had a bunch of these dudes from these mercenaries from Britannia. And they were like, yo, my great great uncle and grandpa used to live here and you guys took it, you know. So but but for the Anglo-Saxons and the Danes that had been living there for 100 years, they're like, bro, I just been here. I don't know. So um, it's really it's just it's kind of wild that it's a kind of something of England that we don't always think about. But, um, yeah, so uh, it, it's just really fun to think about. That and I, it was slightly disappointing that the grail didn't have some like deep history beyond the 1190s. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised to see. Uh, we're we have another topic, um, in Christian history that we're going to talk about, which was really deep. So I won't, no spoilers. That's next uh, episode though. Double, double whammy on the Christian mythology, but, um, this one was just kind of it was it was fun to see that uh, that it it was it's I mean it's basically Arthurian legend without Arthur for the most part I, I can say you know it is just one of those stories that came around in that time so uh, yeah I was I was kind of surprised but that's that's about it that's all I got do you do you have anything else you want to throw on top of what I've got Cami
1: sure do you know where the Grail is today
0: Oh no it's at a Goodwill in Idaho <laughs> <laughs>
1: right um, so there's a church I guess maybe it's a cathedral in um spain and it's supposedly contains the grail i've seen it actually i don't remember what it looks like it was not very impressive that's fun (laughs) but i mean it's just cool you know like they're like oh this thing really exists here it is and it's something that didn't even it wasn't even in the consciousness at any point until like you said the 1100s so yeah yeah it's but all of a sudden there's an yeah. actual object. It's fun how that stuff works. Um yeah, I mean the Knights Templar are just uh, Yeah. <laughs> and their search for I it. know. Yeah,
0: I, I mean that's I think I think uh, Indiana Jones is really how what most people like, you know, like us, that's how they're going to figure hear about it. That's that's like our first introduction. So, and it's right. it's pretty that is like Arthurian in a you know, like that is 100% you know, like what George Lucas took his inspiration from. Um, and I think it's really cool too, because in a lot of these stories, like I said, it's, it's depicted as a golden chalice in some of them, but in others it, it's straight up like it's, you know, Jesus, You know Jesus was a carpenter. So they gave it simple. Um, so, but I, I thought that was interesting. I also, I mean, and man, those Nazis were so dumb. They had all that. <laughs> I mean, they should have read Wolfram von Eschenbach's story and I'm sure that would have given them enough.
1: Well, the same guys also opened that
0: the arc, huge yeah. um, you gotta
1: arc. you got to be patient yeah. with your arcs.
0: And
1: just didn't even yeah. shield their eyes or anything. Uh,
0: my last thing is a plug. Uh, once again, I wish I got uh, some kind of um, ad revenue from plugging uh, Mr. Bernard Cornwell, but he has a, a great series <laughs> Called the Winter King. I think I mentioned it when we talked about King Arthur. It is a series that is about Arthur. Um, he is not the primary character. There is a, a Saxon um, who is the primary character, which you know he, we don't like Saxons at this period, especially because they're the invaders. But and, you know, and Arthur is like the, like Britain. You know, he he's he's that. But it's um, he's one of the Arthur is one of the main characters, and the Saxon who who you know helps him and stuff like that. It's a three book series really well done I've, I've only read some of a good chunk of the first one I, I picked it up and I, I just put it down but there is a TV show um, that actually just started airing um, the first episode is free to watch on Amazon Prime um, it's called The Winter King is the series that's the first novel as well and it is quite good I, I really enjoyed the first episode sadly the rest of it's on MGM plus so you got to, yeah, yeah, hmm. that sucks.
1: All those streaming services that we don't need. Yeah. Does that also you have Indiana Jones, though? Because maybe it would be worth it if you could watch all five movies now? I don't know. <laughs> All two movies. That's how many you want to watch of that.
0: <laughs> maybe three. Um, I haven't seen the new yes. one. Maybe
1: it's good. Yeah, I've heard
0: positive things. And that's, well, this, this the, the, Winter King's been getting some some fairly good reviews. Uh, Bernard Cornwell, he's such a good, you know, bringing in things, making things look good, and making you feel the time period of, this would be like the fourth century, I believe, is when it's set, um, which is when all the Arthurian legends set, fourth or fifth century, that area. Um, and uh, it's, it's like post-Roman- so I guess they would have been gone fifth, sixth century. Then I believe. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's like the Romans came and went. So the Christianization is happening. You can see the 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 struggle between paganism and Christianity in this. And uh, a really good series. I highly recommend you watching it if you want some authentic, good looking show. That um, Bernard Cornwell, he's always a great writer. And this seems like a, a fairly decent adaptation from the first episode. So I'd recommend checking that out. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Grail, watch Indiana Jones. <laughs> can't think of any other movies that really feature it.
1: <laughs> uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And that actually, okay. honestly, is so to the T, the story. Like, even though it's not, sure. it's like very tongue-in-cheek or whatever, but it is right. very, because this story, that the story that was written by, um how did you pronounce him?
0: Chr- Chrétien de Troye.
1: Correct. So he, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, his story ends and just that's it. Right. And so there's no more to do it. And that's literally what happens in Monty Python, where they're they're searching for this object and they're searching, they're searching and they can't, um, you know, when they're about to reach it. So it's always just within reach. And when they're about to reach it, the police come and arrest everyone.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that I mean, that's. Literally the story of the Grail. <laughs> like sure,
0: you no, can't that's, yeah, that's obtain really point. it. I, I can't believe I wasn't even thinking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's been years since I've watched it, but yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. That is a great way to put it. Yeah, and that again, super. You know, it has that you know that fanciful, totally not the way things would have been in this time period, but it it was in the 12th century. You know, so um yeah, very cool, awesome. Well, uh everyone, Cammy's back for this episode. Should be back for the next. We've got another fun topic we got a, f- a really fun lineup coming up and uh we i was jazzed about how well bermuda did on youtube so please um like and subscribe all that fun stuff our, our youtube channel is on a upward
1: yay trajectory maybe we'll monetize it eventually one day
0: I can feed my <laughs> child with this show. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to hopefully pop out some more shorts based off of our content, too, to pull in some more listeners. So um, please, yeah, let us know if you have any topics that you'd like. And spoopy Halloween season's coming up. That's always oh, fun. yeah.
1: We got to so, think about
0: that. Yep. Yeah. Cammie and I will figure out some great shows for y'all and get some good content. But thanks for sticking around with us for, yeah, what is most certainly now our fourth year, right? Fifth year? We just talked about this. <laughs> 2019? We're, we're yeah. So f-
1: yeah, fourth year. So
0: yeah, we are beyond fourth year. We're we're into year 5 now technically. Yeah. So um welcome and we will see you all next time.